0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment podcast. Excited to have Jefferson Santos on today. Uh, Jefferson is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and a teammate multimillionaire. You're going to hear his story of not getting off to the fastest start, but having perseverance and continuing to pursue his goals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Uh, super excited to have Jefferson Santos here with us today. Uh, what you're going to hear is a story of overcoming and dedication. Um, you know, Jefferson's had a lot of opportunities in his life, uh, playing collegiate football, starting in the business world, uh, going through different levels of successes on his way to the ultimate success that he's at today. So Jefferson, thanks so much for being on today. Yeah, thanks, Phil. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me here. And uh, it's rock and roll, man. Absolutely. Very good. So just to recap for everybody, the premise of the podcast is who knew in the moment, right? Uh, who knew in those unique moments that uh, what was going on was going to end up being a catalyst for something in their future and be the guiding light to, you know, the immaculate careers and successes they've had. So Jefferson, kicking it off with yours, um, thinking about growing up in a single parent household and, you know, maybe not having all the things that a person would dream to have. Talk a little bit about how that impacted you then and how that's carried with you today.
1: Yeah, you bet. So, you know, I was, you know, my parents were divorced when I was four years old. My parents came over from Brazil and, um, you know, my mother was, you know, working three different jobs, raising my sister and I, and I always had those, you know, off-brand clothes and the you know, I I just wasn't in the in crowd in school. And so I I needed to like get in athletics and try to excel there so I could at least be part of the in crowd, right? Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. So I would come back uh, from summer break and, you know, be the fall and go to school. And I asked my friends, hey, you know, what did you do for the summertime? And my friends would always say, oh yeah, my parents took me to Mexico. They took me to Hawaii. And I'm just like, dude, I like, I was just in my head. I'm like thinking I was just hanging out the apartment complex pool. Right. Like that was so. I started to see that contrast between what they were doing, like their lifestyle, and then what you know we had. You know, me, my mom, and my sister. And so that's what that's what started getting me like curious about why do other people have a house and we have an apartment? Why do they have these nicer things and we don't? Mm-hmm. And and so I just you know being curious about that. And I think that you know really got me hungry yeah. and the optimistic mindset that my you know my mother had really that like be curious and look and look what else, what else can I do? When I was 14, matter of fact, that I, I lied about my age and I started working at this uh, putt-putt golf place and batty cage place,
0: Yeah. you know,
1: when I was in eighth grade, because I, I wanted to have money. I wanted to be able to buy a shirt or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like get a car eventually when I turned 16, things like that. And so th- those types of things like drove my hunger, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know what it, when exactly I snapped, you know, I think there was one time I was, I was nine years old and uh, I was at the store and obviously like any kid, usually you go in the grocery store, you go straight for the toy aisle. Right. And are saying what's yeah. new. And so yeah. I'm there and I'm always asking my mom, Hey, can we get this? And like for the millionth time, she's like, Oh, I can't afford it. And like, I got real quiet. I went internal and I didn't know what success was or anything, but I just got really like pissed off. You know, at nine years old, like, why, why can't we, why can't I have this Hot Wheels car, right? Why can't I have this airplane? Like, I didn't understand that, right? And it started this, like, just quest of curiosity. I think that's one thing that's just really important is to always stay curious, like like children do. That's why they, those formidable years, where they can learn languages faster and all these things faster. And and even their first language is staying curious, right? And that's what I was. And that's what kind of kept me open to, you know, to the trajectory I was on.
0: Absolutely, now, so I wanna dig into that a little bit. In your opinion, and once again, this is a strictly an opinionated question, why do you feel like somebody could have had the exact same story, but maybe repeated what they'd seen? You know, what do you think it was either about you or about your setup that allowed you to say, you know what, hey, this is the story that I heard and I saw, but I don't wanna replicate that. I wanna create a new story and a new trajectory for my family's legacy.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because, because when there, there's a lot of my friends that were at the apartment complex that I lived in yeah. that I think they kind of settled or they kind of thought, well, this is my lot in life, you know, this is what I'm going to do, or this is the limitations that I have. And they just kind of stayed in that space. Mm-hmm. And for me, because I stayed curious, I kept on looking at like, how can, I, how can I get out of this situation? Yeah. Right. And, and one of the things was I asked my dad, I go, cause I loved airplanes. I asked my dad, I go, Hey, what am I going to do to fly airplanes? He's like, well, you got to get this, me, you know, you got to get straight A's. I'm like, okay. Uh, so straight A's meant I was going to fly planes. That was like my first ma- like major goal in my life. Right. Yeah. And then he also said, well, you got to get to Air Force Academy. And I'm like, okay, that was my first even notion that there's military academy. So there's Air Force Academy. There's West Point, which is for Army. It's like the Army Academy. Then yep. you got Naval Academy, which is for Navy. That's the three main ones. There's also Coast Guard and things like that, but those three main ones. Yep. And so then uh, yeah, I played football in, in, in elementary school, junior high uh, high school. And I was able to get accepted to the Naval Academy uh, to go there. So, so it was interesting because um back starting fourth grade i played you know football fifth grade sixth grade also junior high we lost every year like a losing record might have lost, we might have won like two or three games maybe yeah but excuse me um I'm about to sneeze never mind okay good didn't have to sneeze so here's the crazy part is we had great athletes on the team i was a pretty good athlete we had better athlete but you have to you win as a team yeah right And yeah, everybody has to be individually good, but you got to work as a team. And so that was kind of like the thing, the theme throughout all these years, because junior high and high school, even when I went to the Naval Academy, you know, it it was a crazy transition. So I go from civilian life to military life. I go from living at home my entire life to now living 2000 miles away, away from my mom and my family. And now I'm going from, you know, high school, Texas high school football to now division one, a college smash mouth football. right and it was a big transition right i mean i went from a boy to a man real quick because you got three upperclassmen kicking your butt you know a sophomore junior and a a senior kicking (laughs) your butt all freshman year at the naval academy and you're just never enough you're dealing with lack of sleep you're dealing with 18 credit hours you're dealing with standing watch in the middle of the night which messes up your sleep you're trying to grow muscle because you lost it during boot camp because you're running all the time right all the stuff we're dealing with pressure right yeah. And and we and, and so it really has you grow up. And so the interesting part though is I played football there too, and we lost there. But here's the funny part. When I transferred out from the Naval Academy to go to TCU in Fort Worth, Texas, Texas Christian University, Naval Academy, the Navy won a bowl game the year I left. So that was a bowl ring that I did not get, right? right. So that was nuts. And so it's very frustrating. I think, you know, as a young any young athlete, you want to yes. win the championship you want to get the trophy or the ring or whatever right it kind of validates all the hard work and the and the blood sweat and tears in the weight room and on the field Absolutely. you know like you want to get it but i missed it like all that's i missed it right mm-hmm. so then so I'm, I'm i'm in between schools yeah i get home my mother tells me about you know home-based businesses you know direct sales and i invite to this doctor's house he's got this giant house he's drawing circles on a whiteboard talking about business. And I'm like, dude, this looks like football. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm just like this. I love team. See, yeah. I, I want to let you know this and, and whoever's listening right now too. It doesn't matter if you're the fastest or the slowest or whatever. I was like stuck in the middle, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm just like, I'm not the star player, but I'm not the worst player. Like I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I never felt that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: I just, I just, here's what I knew about myself. And this is the thing you have to understand about yourself is I know I had to work extra in the weight room. I had to, I had to study longer Mm. just to keep up. And there were kids, you know, and students that would just literally, you know, fly through the stuff and whiz test. That wasn't me. And I realized that about myself. So I I just had to hunker down and get up earlier and stay up a little later. And that was just me because I think for me, like I didn't, this is kind of weird. I never wanted to miss a day of school. Here's why. Not because I, school was so great. It was, if I missed a day of school, I would have to make up two days of homework. And if I missed a week of school, I mean, think it like the, the pain, you know, Tony Robbins talks about you do things at like pleasure or pain, yes. I definitely go to school to avoid the pain of being behind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know how that was wired into my brain. That's my sediment. You know, there's a lot of us that we want to get ahead. We want to achieve all these things. And for me, it's like, I never want to be behind, forget that I will run the extra miles. I will get in the weight room. I don't want to get embarrassed on the field or get embarrassed in the weight room or embarrassed on a test if I'm not prepared. Yep. And so I, and, and, and I don't remember, I don't remember the exact time, but I know I probably failed a test or I lost a race or something happened where I'm like, never again. Yeah, And that's one thing in our life that, you know, whether, you know, you're just starting out in a career or you've been doing your career for a while is you got to get to that point where you're pissed off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: where you where you basically get pissed on, you know, you're just like, yeah. you're just like, I am on, like, I am sick and tired of, of being this way. I've had it, forget it. Like, you know, maybe you, you, you were asked to speak in front of somewhere and you feel like you didn't do so well. We're well, just prepare longer. That's yep. what I did. Like for me, I over prepare because I, <laughs> and if any of you have ever spoken, you know, on whether it's on a zoom or a stage or whatever, 70% of the stuff you want to say, you forget about like, <laughs> you know, like I get off the stage. I'm like, I'm like, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. I forgot about this. This was supposed to make that point to make this make sense. All that shit goes out of your brain. Yep. So you got to over-prepare because then you got this and then you'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's kind of what I got the have. So that collective compounding yeah. of doing the extra work and running the extra miles kind of had the hockey stick effect. And it really helped me through my, through, through my, uh, in my career absolutely and, and so just to kind of tie that up on the on the the second university is we lost when i was at the second university all right and yeah. <laughs> the year i left there they won a bowl game so that's <laughs> two bowl rings yes two that i that i missed out on now you know i could think of myself as a bad luck charm because i was there when they were losing but Maybe I can look at myself is a more empowering way to look at myself Is maybe I was a foundation builder. Yeah. Right? Maybe I wasn't there to see the championship, but maybe I was part of the foundation mm. that created the culture
0: yeah. for the
1: growth and, and, and those types of things, you know, cause I was always the one, I was always the first one in drills. I was always yeah. trying, to, trying to lead wherever I could. I didn't start. I played. My yep. second university TCU, I walked on, there was no scholarships left. I walked on and I played at a division one school. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's cool. And even in, in one thing that kind of answered my validation as an athlete, which was interesting was um, my coach, my receiver coach said Santos get into my office and I go in there and it basically, he's what he said. I don't remember everything, but he said, Hey, do you want to go to the NFL? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, I can probably get you. He goes, this was the coolest thing that he said. He okay. goes, I don't think you're going to play for a while, but you know what? I can probably, I could probably get you a combine appointment or whatever. And I could see you at least playing special teams, but it's up to you to work your way up to a position where you can actually play just by him saying that I was just like, (laughs) All right, man, that's cool, man. But you know what? At that point, I was so burned out on football. I was, my brain was already in business yep. and direct sales and building sales teams and stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't, I didn't want to continue. Matter of fact, I, I left my senior year to go work with my buddy Wayne because yeah. he, was, he was a at 28. He was a multimillionaire. I was like, I'm 20, he's 28. How did you do it? Let me go work with you. Right. I mean, that's the best way to be an apprentice to somebody who knows what they're doing, right? Absolutely. So that's what I decided to do. I didn't continue football, but it was cool to hear that. Right. right. Absolutely. That all that work that I did, it was just validation for me. Right. So, so, yeah. you know, how many of us, you know, we, we, work really hard and it feels good when somebody acknowledges that, right. Mm-hmm. Not that you need it all, but it is nice to have yes. when somebody goes, I see you, like Absolutely. I see you doing the hard work. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. And I think that, um, it's also good to, to be the one to dish it out. It's also one to be the one that's the encourager. Like, you know, when, I, when I'm speaking, sometimes I go, you know, how many of us need more encouragement? I raise my hand. A lot of people raise their hand. I go, well, you need to encourage more people. Absolutely. Like what you hand out comes back, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just like, it's almost, you have to schedule that in your schedule. If, if you're one of those people, which I need technology to help me, remind me what I need to do. Yeah. But I, I encourage others because I needed it. We all need it, especially in this time right now we all need more encouragement. And it does. it's free. All you got to do is take a few breaths and speak out some encouraging words to, to your business partners or your friends or some family members or some old friends from way back in the day. I mean, social media allows us to reconnect with everybody since, everybody, you know, like 20 years ago or something. It's crazy.
0: I love that. So I want to rewind to something and I want to just kind of pick your brain a little bit on it. You, you made the comment that in your sports career, you know, you were never the best player on your college teams, you're never the worst player on your college teams, you're, but you were playing, right? So speak a little bit about some of the principles you learned playing athletics, and being in that type of a role that have carried over and helped you in the business world.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, I think that giving it your best, Not even, even if you don't know exactly what you're doing. I mean, that's one thing that I always did. I just went headlong head first into the drills on the field. You know, when, you know, usually in sports, you're going to have coaching changes. You're going to have to, you have a new coach that hasn't seen you play that hasn't seen you practice hasn't seen you run the miles. Guess what? Now you got to re-perform For the new coach. Yes. Right. It's, it's, and for me, I like that because I was never a starter. So it was a chance for me to be a starter. It was a chance for me to like, all right, new coach. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to strap it on. Here we go. Let's, let's figure this thing out. So that's, that's what the mentality that I had. It was another chance for me to perform at a better level Mm. because I think all of us at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year, kind of like, man, I, I could have done better. Like if you really talk to yourself in the mirror or you're journaling or whatever your your exercise is, is, did I do all I can do today? Did I do all I can do this year? Mm -hmm. And the answer is usually no. There's that extra call. There's the extra appointment you could have taken or, you know what? We're human beings. We're not robots, right? But it's important to ask ourselves those questions. If we want to be high performers in what we're doing, is you have to ask yourself that because if nobody else is going to ask it you need to ask yourself yeah. sometimes you got to be your best coach now i know having hiring a coach is is very important because i have yeah. coaches that coach me yep. um but sometimes you gotta you gotta be that you gotta ask yourself the hard questions so your life becomes easy if you ask yourself easy questions your life's gonna be hard right uh,
0: i love i love the sense of ownership that you take in the way you looked at that situation though because you know, I play college athletics as well. And so a lot of my friends have played college athletics and most people, when the coaching change is happening, they don't view it as an opportunity, right? They look at it as, well, crap, all the work that I've already done is now discredited. And the, the way you said that, I love that. Uh, no, I get to prove myself, right? Like it's a new opportunity for me to lay new groundwork and be like, all right, I didn't maybe do everything I needed last year. I have a clean slate now. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I think that that if you feel
1: stuck, anybody that's uh, listening or watching right now, if you feel stuck, I mean, it's, you got to get in that position where it's like, you got to, we're always on audition.
0: See, Mm -hmm. no matter
1: what we're doing, people are watching, they're listening, watching your social media, they're hearing you on clubhouse or whatever it is, whatever the next app that's going to come out is (laughs) you're always an audition. And so you have to constantly put the good stuff in all the time, reading the books, going, listening to the you know, seminars, audiobooks, whatever you're doing, but you have to constantly be putting that in because there's only so much room you have on your front dashboard, okay? Yeah. And when you're always reading, it's so funny. It's like, I'll be reading a book and then I'll be on a podcast or I'll be doing a training and somebody asks a question. And thank God I read the book because that book was talking about something that allows me to answer that question perfectly. And I'm like, oh my God, if I didn't read the book, I wouldn't have been prepared for that question, you know? And so if you're always getting good stuff in, you're always going to be prepared as much as, as much as humanly possible to impact people, to
0: help people. I love it. That's awesome. Perfect. Now, speaking about uh, your story, and you kind of alluded to this, so senior year of football rolls around and you decide, you know what, hey, obviously it's been a great experience. I've loved what I've learned, but the business aspect is really starting to tug on me. And so you meet Wayne. So talk a little bit about how the heck this introduction happens and, you know, how the relationship forms. So
1: a friend of mine named James had a girlfriend named Kim who knew a girl named Jordan who knew Wayne. Basically, We almost didn't meet. That's how it's it's crazy how scary you almost don't meet someone. Right. right? And so it was my buddy's girlfriend that knew Wayne's girlfriend. He's like, oh, you guys need to meet. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And so I met the guy and here's the funny part. When I met him, when I met him for the first time, I was at a a friend of mine's house and he was coming over to, to my friend's house. And, uh, this was really crazy. We were actually pitching him on something else. Okay. And it was really funny. He was just very cordial, very humble. It's like ah, oh, well, whatever. He kind of spun it, and then he started pitching whatever he's doing, and then he started talking about his results and what he did in a very matter of fact, humble, cool way. And he was just yeah. like, he was like the big brother I never had, you know. And I'm yeah. like, shit, man, this guy's awesome. So he was 28 at the time, and I was 20 years old, and he was already earning multiple seven figures. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at this point in my life, I had never met anyone you know, cause back then there was no, uh, so I was 20. So like the internet was just coming around. So this was, yeah. this was 90, yeah. 96, 95, 96. Right. And so it was like, I'd never listened to a millionaire before really, yeah. really met one. So he starts talking. I'm like, wow, I'm talking about these books that can grow rich, right. How to win friends and influence people. I read those two books and I realized that wealth building is a team sport, Yeah. but too many of us, pretty much all of us are trying to get ahead in life by ourselves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? We've got one income stream, one career, whatever it is. And, you know, in, in, in this decade now, or this time that we're living in, it's crazy to have one income stream. You need to have at least multiple two or three or four or whatever. Um, and because you never know what's going to, what's going to pop. And
0: it, it's good to have multiple shoes
1: of income. Cause that's just a smart thing to do in today's economy.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, on this uh, chance encounter, right? You're, you're meeting, you're, you know, pitching an idea. He pitches one back at that moment. Curious for you is obviously how the heck did this guy get to where he's at, but he took a liking to you too. What do you think it was about you that stood out to him? Because obviously Wayne's met tons of people, right? That he never formed a relationship like you guys end up having, but you know, what do you think it was about you that stuck out that he's like, all right, I want to keep cultivating with this guy.
1: Well, it's interesting. One of the, one of the sayings that he has is he's, he says two things. He goes, it's my job to put you to work for me, to make you a lot of money, but it's your responsibility for you, for, for you to be a pleasure for me to work with. Yeah. So, and he said that like, right, right. As in like, that's how he talks to people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, because I was college sports, because I was very motivated person before I was very just enthusiastic and just energetic. And I filled up his calendar. Like, here's what I did. Like once I I go, man, I got to stick to this guy somehow. So, you know, I carried his bag to the car, you know, whatever I did. It's like, I filled his calendar up with prospects because I know if I didn't, somebody else was going to commandeer his calendar. Mm -hmm. And so I just figured out a way to help him every day. Whether it was helping me or whatever. And so then eventually we became friends and then best friends and now best friends for 25 years. Right. And so you never know when you're going to meet those friends. And you know, when when in this day and age too, it's like you're most of your friends are going to be on one hand, maybe Mm -hmm. two hands friends. I mean, people that, your friend is people that know everything about you and they still love you. Right. right. <laughs> that, th- those are real friends, not the superficial friends, not the yeah. ones that are like, "I oh, see you next week. Like, no, it's, it's the friends, right? Yeah. It's your, uh, you know, get a shovel. Hey, we got to go do something kind of friend, like whatever. Right. It's, Absolutely. it's that kind of friend. And so you don't, we don't, when you, when you, when you get older, um, you, you don't have enough, you don't have time for people that are just fake people anymore. Mm-hmm. Because as you get older, you know John C. Maxwell says this. He says life, life is like a toilet roll. It starts to go faster as it gets to the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, think about it. When you're two years old, half your life is a year. When you're four years old, half a life is like two years, right? So by the time you're in your twenty, thirty, and forties, time just goes fast. Weeks go faster, right? Yep. And so you don't tolerate a bunch of bullshit anymore, really. Yep. You know, and I think the sooner you can do that. Um, the, the, the higher quality of your life and the higher quality of your connections are going to be. Yeah. Because for me, I, I trusted people like right off the bat. And I think to a fault because it would hurt me a lot, but I trusted people a lot and they'd prove me wrong and those types of things. But, you know, you, in order to get trust, you got to give it first. That, that's yep. what I believe. And, um, and, but it's worked out a lot for me too. Yeah. And that's one thing that some of us have to work through In our lives, because, you know, when I was nine years old, uh, I was molested by a a family member. Mm. And so that broke my trust of all humanity. Yeah, right. And so it took me a while to build trust back just in people. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in business. I think that's why I wasn't really that successful in, in my beginning years in my first probably eight, nine years is maybe the vibe I gave off because I was I was saying I trusted you but I really didn't. Yeah. It was probably, they probably like felt weird energy or something. That's probably why I repelled people. Right. It was that type of thing. And so I know that we all have our story. Yeah. We all have things that we've been through but the sooner you can forgive and release and bless them and release them, that doesn't mean you for that doesn't mean what they did was was right or wrong or whatever. It's that's for you to unlock yes. the door because the doorknobs on the inside is forgiveness you know, forgiveness of what other people have done to you and then forgiveness of, of yourself, of what you haven't done or what you've done, right. Or what you yeah. haven't said or what you've said, you got to forgive yourself of that. And so I did that, um, you know, I learned, I really learned about forgiveness at a seminar. I think we, we mentioned it before we hit record that I was at in New York, it's in yes. 2000, 2004. Yeah. And I, I learned about that piece, Uh, and that's so key. And I I don't mean to take you to church, but Hey, we're all human beings, right? We're not just, you know, we're spiritual beings, we're physical beings and all of that. Um, it's a, it's a huge part of life,
0: man. I appreciate you sharing that. That's phenomenal. And I want to ask you this, or maybe even make this comment and see what your thoughts are, you know, forgiveness, you know, like you said, it's for you, but also don't let the other person's actions after that dictate how you feel about it. Right. Right when it, when you give forgiveness and it, it, it's a cleanse for you, and if the other person doesn't act any different or they don't start acting, you know, the way you'd like them to, that shouldn't dictate how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, you know, when you forgive the when you forgive the past, it leaves room for blessings in the future. Ah, that's you know? awesome. And it just, we got to bless and release and free yourself, and it's it's not a one day event. It's not a one time thing. It's there's residue. Yeah. And that's something that you've got to walk in, especially if you're a leader, especially if you're going to, you want to be successful, or if you are successful, people that are, if you're leading, you're leading from the front, people are going to stab you in the back. Yep. You know, they know not what they do, right? They're going to say things, they're going to do things because they can't see in front of you. They don't see what you see. -hmm. Right, and they just—they're just looking at your back, going, "Where are they going? They're leading us wrong, and all this chiding in the camp, and all this stuff." But you've got a clear vision because there's no obstructions in front of you. You can see where you're going, but they can't see what's in front of you. I love it. They're just throwing stuff at your back, and so you got to learn just how to forgive, you know, without ripping their face off. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Because by if if you're leading any kind of size team, you're going to have to learn how to do that and do it with with grace. And do it with, with, and all of a sudden, they're going to come, people come back around. They go, I can't, I, I, I don't know how you made it through that, but thank you. You know, yeah. and they come back around and I'm not expecting that, but that's for you to move on with no baggage. Like tr- imagine trying to catch a, a flight and you're like, Hey, yeah, I've got 500 pieces of baggage here. How much is that going to cost? Yeah. Well, sorry, sir. You're not, they're not going to let you on the plane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You pay a hundred bucks because you, it's over 50 pounds. No, they ain't going to let you on the plane with all the baggage, right? You got to get rid of it. You know, in my, in my book, I talk about, you know, baggage is bad and luggage is good. And I have like yeah. a little acronym, like, you know, blame, apathy, you know, and then, then luggage is like, lo- you know, loving, unleashed. I have that's like That's great. There, but, but we can't go through life with that baggage. I know we've heard that a million times, but it's always going to be reminded.
0: Absolutely. Well, and which is with such a personal story, right? Of You've actually dealt with that and, you know, gone through it and now you're on the other side of it. So that's amazing. That's true. So as you and Wayne are striking up this partnership, uh, it just gets off to the races right away. And you're the world's best, you know, sales and marketer uh, person ever, right? Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, it took, it took me a while. It took me almost eight and a half, nine years to get any, yeah. when I say significant success, I mean, at least making $100,000 a year or more. It yeah. took me like nine years to get there. And I, and I always share this. I go, just because you meet your mentor doesn't mean you just add water and you're instantly successful. Yeah. Instant it's success, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have to go through your learning curve. And I had yeah. to go through my learning curve. I, have to, I had to learn because I never had money. I saw everybody as a dollar sign. So that mm. vibe gave off, right? Yep. Yep. So I repelled people. It was like swimming after a beach ball. It kept on getting further and further away. And, and so I had to learn that. And this sounds so cliche and so like, duh, but I had to learn how to help others first. I had to mm-hmm. learn how to serve others first. And that, all that stuff, I had to learn how to do that you know, the whole Zig Ziglar quote, you know, helping up other people get what they want, you get what you want. I yeah. don't know all that stuff back then, right? right. A long time ago. So I just thought, oh, I'm going to get my, I am going to put, I got to eat. So I got to make a sale and all that crap. It's like, no, it's like people aren't attracted to that. They're attracted to what you can do for them. Yeah. Right. And people are attracted to strength or attracted to certainty. Yeah. And so when I learned that, um, I learned that I needed to obviously help people. I needed to find out what their goals are and make my goals, their goals. And then I can achieve my goals, all that stuff. I had to learn that. Mm -hmm. And um, it does, it it wasn't like, you know, overnight. And um, I I think for me, I had a really long learning curve. I think a lot of people would probably be more successful faster, but that's the, that's the journey that I had to go through just like the, the journey that we all have to go through. And the cool thing is, Because we've gone through the journey, now we can help and coach people through that journey. Yes. And I think the longer my frustration and struggle was enabled me to help more people because I can talk to the people that that are struggling for two years, three years, five years, eight years, nine years, right? I can talk to the people that were part of losing teams. I can talk to the people that had issues with their family. I can talk to people about divorce because I've been divorced. I mean, you know, it's like all this crap we've been through and all the crap that you've been through in your life. Guess what? you can now coach people through it because you're alive to tell it.
0: Mm, Yes. Right? That's so good. That's so good, man. And you're doing that. By the way, I'll share his podcast in here and and I'll share a link to his book. But uh, yeah, he has great content. Now, Jefferson, so something that you said, I wrote it down as a quote, so I'm going to read it back to you. And I, I want to hear just how and why you kept this mindset. It was, I made a decision that I wanted this as a career. So I was going to do what I had to do to make it a career. How many people do you and I both know that they try something for six months and it doesn't get off to a wildly successful start and they say, eh, it's just probably not for me, right? Maybe you can convince them to start, stick out for a year or two years, but seven years, eight years of, you know, still not getting to where they want to be. How did you stay ingrained in just saying, no, this is what I'm, this is what I'm called to do. I'm going to do it. I just need to keep forging forward.
1: Yeah, I think I think that um, the stories that I heard of other success stories kept me going, like another yeah. thirty days, another thirty days. But but internally, it was it was um, it was this. I knew that I'm going to suck for a while. Yeah. Right? we've all heard the unconsciously incompetent. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yep. Then yep. there's the consciously incompetent, like like I know that I suck. You know, yeah. right? it's like finally you know that you suck right like you're trying to drive a car or you're trying to do something and you totally suck at it right yeah. that's the part that everybody quits yep. and i knew that i sucked and i knew i had to figure it out so i stayed in that humble i stayed in that okay i'm curious like what am i doing wrong i gotta figure this thing out i stayed in that stage versus letting my ego get the best of me yeah. right which is everyone's greatest obstacle yeah right? or, or you know edging god out whatever you want to look at it and so yep. the ego didn't creep up so i just kept in that curious mode then eventually you become consciously competent you have to really concentrate on it then eventually you become you know unconsciously competent you're just doing it like you're driving a car you don't even remember how you got home you just got home right nope. and so it's that it's that um, consciously incompetent stage where you know that you suck and it just it it does suck because with 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 social media and everybody's you know chapter 20 million c- comparing to your chapter one it's like you feel yeah. very frustrated so we've we've got to be patient enough while we're hustling at the same time Right. Yeah. Patient enough for your skills to catch up. You know, for me, my belief and my faith carried me until my skill could catch up.
0: Yes. It's one thing so, you
1: really got to latch on to. You, you, you got to tap into your belief and your faith in yourself yeah. and your faith of a higher power and your faith that this, this will happen until your skill could catch up because it will catch up. As long as you're practicing perfect and you're learning from somebody who's doing it right and you're learning from the right people and you're getting the right information and you're hanging out with the right people, it's going to happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah, I just stayed with it. I was like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to force Gump this thing, right? I'm just going to be like, just keep running, right? I'm just yeah. you know, like, like, in you know, what was it? What movie it was? It's like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I don't know yeah, Finding yeah, Finding
0: Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo. Yeah. Finding Nemo, right?
1: That's all. That I was like, I was like a force Gump as far as my focus was that, yeah. like, just, Every single day, just, I was going to figure it out. And that's, that's what I do. I just locked into it and uh, just, I got, I got got obsessed. That's what it was.
0: Well, and so something that Jefferson did throughout this whole time was he continued to own his craft and sharpen himself. So, you know, going out getting study materials, right? Or uh, tapes, right? It wasn't listening to a you know, MP3 or a podcast. Yeah, you know, put, put the tape in the uh, old, old car and uh, figure it out. But, you know, just hearing that you, you were ingrained in it and you were bought in and you were doing everything you could to sharpen yourself. At what point did your circle start reflecting who you wanted to become? Because you talked about the importance of, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and the close friends. But at what stage in the game did your circle start reflecting, hey, this is the trajectory of the person I want to be?
1: You know, I think it was, I think it was 2004, 2005, uh, when I started, you know, talking to my team differently, talking to my friends differently, and attracting a different kind of person, just because of my come from. Mm -hmm. And, and just to kind of go back to that one seminar where, you know, it really turned for me, it was interesting. Like, you know, uh, the seminar speaker was teaching us, you know, okay, put your hands in front of your, like you're gripping a steering wheel, like really tight, you know, like white knuckling it. Right. And then, you know, and then she goes, okay, everybody let go. And she was basically telling us, I look, every one of you right now, you're holding on so tight. You're trying to control your life so much. Yeah, you that you're choking yourself out yeah. with anxiety and striving and all that. You just got to let go. You got to do the process, but just let go. And that hit me like a ton of bricks mm. because I was that person. I was trying to control every single aspect of my business, of my life and all that stuff. And you got to leave, leave room for a higher power to kind of intervene a little bit. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, but here's the other thing. I wanted to be successful is my desire in my heart, but I didn't know why. Yeah. And one of the books that she was talking about, this is at the same seminar is a book called God at work. And it wasn't a Christian seminar. It's interesting. It was a business seminar, but there's like yeah. at night was like this, pri- this, this sermon that night, it was like an optional yeah. thing. right? Okay. Yeah. So it was, so, it, so it, it talked about the, a book called God at work. And it's like, there's, it was a priest that was talking, going, okay, there's, there's people that are anointed to be Kings in the marketplace, business people. And then people that are anointed to be pastors or priests in the church, yeah. right? And so it's was talking about, like, there was these successful business people make tens of millions of dollars, exit their company, and they're like, well, what's my purpose now? Well, I guess I'll go become a pastor of a church. Yeah. And the doors would close. Go back to business, flourish. Try to be a pastor, doors would close. And realizing that there are certain people that are anointed to be kings in the marketplace. Yeah. Okay. And so everything you do in business, that could be your ministry too, is business to help people and to create ideas and all these things in businesses. That's what that is. And so for me, that was like my Optimus Prime moment. It was just like, I was like transforming, you know, yeah. <laughs> that is that, that was it. Like, like I, I was a king in the marketplace. Right. And then here was the other thing. It's like the, you were talking about the top influencers, like the church or this or this or this, like the church was like, like below top 20, but it said the top influencers are celebrities. P and, and top business people that make a lot of money. So mm-hmm. she goes, you need to learn these skills so you can go make a lot of money so you can be of influence. Yes.
0: And It was
1: like, bam. So now I connected all of it. Okay. I need to learn these skills to be, to, to be of influence, to, to make money. So then I can be an influence. And so that was the Optimus prime moment. It was like, okay, I'm a king in the marketplace. That's why I want to be successful. Got it right? Because I was afraid of success. I was afraid of what was going to happen if I made a bunch of money. So subconsciously, I just repelled it. Right. So, so it was the visualization and all that stuff, like, you know, attraction marketing type of stuff, like attraction, whatever the secret, like, I know there's, you got to have action behind it totally, Mm -hmm. but the part of thinking like thinking's free, right. (laughs) And you can imagine, and I would drive through very wealthy neighborhoods, and I would go test drive cars. I had cars. I had no business test driving. Yeah. Why? Because I wanted to put myself in that. I wanted to smell the leather of that Ferrari or that Jaguar, right? Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to just see the, the yards and the smell of the air, like driving through that big neighborhood with the gates, you know, things like that. And so that just kept me going, like to, 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 to get that vision and keep that in front of me, right? Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's free. Yeah. And so those of you that are listening right now or watching is there's put yourself in those environments where you get to experience that because it will be your life. Eventually. I didn't know when, but I was like, man, I'm going to, I want to have a house like that. And I want to have a, you know, uh, a family and a wife and kids. And guess what? It finally happened. I've got an amazing wife. Yeah. It took me a while to find her. Yeah. You know, we've been married for nine years going on 10 years. Now we've got two beautiful boys. We live in a million dollar home. We travel every month. But it just took me a lot longer than I thought it was gonna take me, right? And I think that, you know, and I'll just say, God, you, you could replace it with universal, whatever, yep. but God had to prepare me to where I was ready for this, mm-hmm. right, because maybe he hasn't put you in the place yet because you're not ready yet. Yeah. You gotta be prepared, right? That's good, And yeah. so, and so that's, that's how I look at it. Now that I'm looking back and connecting the dots, it's like, man, okay, I had to go through all this and now I have this because of the stuff that I went through and now I can appreciate it more. I can coach people through the hard times. You know, I've been divorced before and now it's like, and it was, it was tough because when I, when I got a divorce, I was, I was a prominent leader in my company and I still am, right? Yeah, yeah. So we had to navigate that and then I, you know, met someone new and then, you know, but that was like, you know, that was a decade ago, but it was tough navigating that.
0: Right. and
1: There were times where I was very frustrated, but I was like, I always took the high road. I was always like, Hey, you know, it's, you got to really keep it smooth and don't pull a bunch of people in just because, you know, woe was me and you want to tell a bunch of people all this negative stuff because it makes you feel better. No, I didn't do any of that stuff. Yep. Like people knew what I was going through. What was interesting was friends of mine, this is months later after, After that, they're like, man, I can't believe like I had my respect for you went like this. Like I had a lot of respect for you, but it jumped 10 levels because of how you handled that. Yeah. And that wasn't my, my goal to like get more respect. I just, the best that I could to be who I could be to to go through
0: that, you know? Oh yeah. That's awesome. And it speaks to your character, right? Speaks to your character. That's amazing. So in 2005, Wayne comes to you again with another opportunity. And 2005 is really where things start to, you know, in your definition, take off. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that, that year, what changed and uh, the progression from there.
1: Well, you know, he called me for the, you know, he calls me all the time, right? Like, hey man, saddle up. That was his famous words, saddle, saddle up. up. It means, ah, shit, we're about to start <laughs> something, right? He's like, hey, we're going to start our own company. It's going to be this, we've done this, we've done this piece and then that piece. Now we're going to do all the pieces together. I'm like, awesome. Where, where, where do you want me to meet you? Like, so we met up you know, start talking about it. And it was like, okay, we, we were wearing multiple hats, putting PowerPoint slides together, putting presentations together, all these different things. And we just went, we just went after it. And um, at that point, I had, our, I had pretty much done everything wrong in business that I could, right? So I got it all out of my system. So at that point I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I just hit it hard, like yeah. crazy hard. And because it was a travel club, we were, we were working hard and playing hard at the same time. I was taking a trip every single month And like one of our, one of our taglines was take a trip of a lifetime monthly. That was Mm -hmm. one of the taglines. And, and so I was just rocking and rolling. That was my first year where I hit over 300,000 and then the second year over 700,000 and then just never looked back. And what was interesting is, um, you know, back when, when I was talking about, you know, every, every kid wants to every son wants to hear his dad, like, say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. This was a big validation moment. So I was buying my first seven series BMW. Okay. Okay. And um, because it was my first kind of big luxury car, I needed to get a cosigner on it. Yeah. So I called my dad up and I said, Dad, I need you to co-sign. And he's like, Okay, well, what are you making? And it's like, well, fat he goes, he goes, fax me some copies of your checks. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm faxing these checks. He's like, what the he's like, what? What is that? like, yeah, that's what's happening, right? He's like, oh my god, okay. So like he's like, so that was by him co-signing on the loan. Mm-hmm. for my first seven series BMW yeah. was validation, right? It was, it, it was awesome. My dad was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was, it was great. And this is after I told him, this was, you know, years prior, you know, I when I transferred from the Naval Academy to TCU, I had to leave the Naval Academy. Yeah. And I had to call my dad up to tell him that. That was a big thing. So, right. this, you know, so it's like, it was so great to be able to do that and to be able to get validated and co-signed. And then from then I had like, I don't know, five or six different seven series bmws over the years and you know multiple seven figures earned over eight figures uh you know with that company in the industry and been helping a lot of other people you know now earning six figures seven figures multiple people around the world and it's uh it's been a huge blessing that um i had to go i had to go through all that to get to this place and I think that I wouldn't be able to help as many people as I'm helping right now. If I couldn't, if I didn't go through the rough patch, r- rough patches. Right.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I think let's not, let's not wish for it to be easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. We got to wish for it to be worth it. Yep. I, and because if you shoot to the top, I mean, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like the people that win the lottery, right? They, there was no skill involved. They, they got lucky. They won the lottery, you know, three, four years later, they're broke again, even worse off because yep. of the habits they they created. but, But if you worked your way up and you learned what you needed to do and you had your lessons along the way, you'll be able to actually
0: keep it. Absolutely. right? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, and I'm sure you might say the same. I'd be curious, but I obviously the culmination or the ultimate goal when you hit it feels amazing. But when I really think about the process of getting there, those are the more fun moments, right? You know, the difficult things I overcame on my way to the actual goal that I had, the actual goal itself, like that moment, it feels really good. But it's like the things that stuck out to me or still stick out to me are the things I overcame on my pursuit of that goal.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, let's jump into that. Because when you achieve the goal, it's only like a second, right? Yeah, right. When,
0: like, <laughs> you know,
1: when the sales number goes over a million or whatever happens, it's only a second. So yeah, so what we have to do is we got to get in the frame of, of work of, oh man, my my biggest client just canceled. Ooh, that's a good story. Like normally people don't think that way, right. but you have to think that way now. You're like, ooh, this is going to be great for the story
0: yes. that you're
1: creating, the, this, the documentation that you're creating on your way to the top. Yep. Every, you know, bump and bruise and, you know, punch in the stomach or whatever you go through, document it, talk about it, journal about it, shoot a video that, oh man, today was sucked. Or blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let that be part of your documentation because think about it. One day you're having a, a, a gala for your company or a gala, whatever you call it, everybody's dressed up. And now you're playing the documentation video. We're all laughing and celebrating because you just made your $1 million thing or your $10 million or $100 million exit or whatever you did. Yeah. right? And you're showing everybody that the videos they didn't see. Right. right. Documented it. So everything that happens bad, look at it as an opportunity to make the story juicy. I right? love it. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then when you achieve the goal, this is important. I talk about this in my book, uh, the integration effect. See, it's easy to integrate negative things. When somebody cuts you off on the, on the, on, on the highway, you're like, ah, get out of here. Bro. You know, <laughs> right, and, right. And it's, you, we integrate the bad news, the bad stuff, right? But when the good stuff happens to us, we forget to integrate that too.
0: Mm-mm.
1: right? Yeah. So don't don't be so overachiever that you're like, "Oh, that was just a speed bump on my way to the top." No, celebrate that little win too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Celebrate it. I'm not saying take a week off, but just celebrate it and integrate it. Journal on it, shoot a video on it, do a thing on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, whatever, but celebrate that and integrate it into your body because we are who we what we integrate. If yep. you integrate a bunch of bad stuff, then you're going to feel like crap. If you integrate a bunch of good stuff, You'll, you'll feel good about yourself and you'll have confidence. I mean, even yeah. when you pull up to the mall or Target or wherever, whatever, and there's a front front row parking spot, that's a little quick win, yeah. right? Celebrate that sprout, right? Because okay. we are what we integrate. I think that's really important that we keep that in mind.
0: I love that. I love that. For the sake of time, I, I know we have to get rolling in here, but I want to ask you a couple pointed questions. So I may, I may say, I might put you on the spot here and say, Jefferson, you have to be on a second time so I can... Get to your story now and uh, we can elaborate on that. So, sure. It's got to happen. Be great. So, the pointed question I want to make sure I ask you today is it's this idea of blissful dissatisfaction. Okay. And so, some people reach their first goal and when they reach that, they plateau, right? Like, hey, let's say your goal was to make $100,000. You finally hit it. And so now you're just plateaued and you just continue on in that then there's kind of like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And that is people that consistently are striving for the next goal and they never take time to look back on all the great things they've accomplished. So they feel unfulfilled because it's like, you're in so much pursuit of the next thing. You don't realize what you've gotten. So for you, once again, how have you balanced that in your life with all the amazing things you've accomplished so far?
1: You know, those, those are definitely the two extremes, right? And the thing is, is like, we don't live in extremes. It's, it's, it's sexy to talk about all the news and the media and all these extremes but really we live in the means. We live somewhere in the middle and, and some of us might be more of the overachiever some of us may be more of of your your maybe satisfied too quick. I don't know that's really for you to 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 decide but I think that when you get around people of vision and it expands your vision yeah. it raises your thermostat to want to earn more money because you see that money is a tool it helps you with more impact right? Be able to scratch a check and help the church, scratch a check, help a family. And if you're, and if you're just, if your goal is only a hundred thousand dollars a year, that's great, but that's great for you. Right. And that's it. Right. I mean, even a hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollars a year isn't even enough anymore. Right. Right. But it's like, but it's, you have to think bigger because of other people. Like one of the things I learned that stretched me to want to make more money is your goals need to include other people. Yeah, your, your dreams need to include other people's dreams. Yep, You need to think bigger. And so by going to the, those seminars and listening to those MP3s and audiobooks, that stretched my mind, but getting around people of vision expands your vision, right? And so look at that as like your thermostat. You got to see what's going to happen is if you're used to making $50,000 a year, let's say you do make a hundred or 150 or half a million dollars a year, the thermostat's going to kick in and kick you back down and you're going to self-sabotage to mm-hmm. come back down to $50,000 a year right? And so how do you adjust the thermostat? Well, you have to constantly, it's, it's a muscle that you have to exercise. Then you have to live there and speak there. Language will either limit you or position you. So it's, yeah. what are you saying, right? To yourself? What are you saying to the people that are around you? So it's important to get around people of vision to con- con- consistently help you think bigger. Okay. That's important. Yeah. But at the same time, realize that when you take a snapshot of your life right now, be grateful for what you have. Okay but you can always be in pursuit of something bigger. It's okay. Mm, it's yes. called growth, yeah. right? Runners yeah. want faster times. Companies want more profits, right? I think that since the world is moving forward anyway, if you, if you become satisfied and you stop, the whole world moves past you and you're actually moving backwards anyway. So yes. if you don't push for something greater, you're automatically by default going backwards anyway.
0: Okay, so let me Uh just
1: kind of reset that real quick. So once again, if you're not striving for something, a goal that makes you who you're going to next level of yourself is going to be, then you're automatically going backwards. And that's, that's how I, that's how I look at it. You know, there's some seasons where you're going to push harder than other seasons, you know, but, um, you know, here's what's gonna happen. You're either gonna burn out and the doc and somehow you're gonna make yourself into the doctor's office and your doctor's gonna tell you you gotta take a break. Yeah. Listen to people like myself and other guests like in and fill and stuff and just and just really take cues from yourself and your body that, okay, uh, am I am I happy? Mm. I'm not really happy. Why am I not really happy? Well, it's because I'm always striving for something next. I'm not celebrating the things that I already created. Okay, well, maybe I need to take a look at that. You know, yeah. and, and do a little bit of research into happiness and what creates happiness. It comes from within, not from somewhere outside. I mean, it's, listen, if you're listening to us right now, you've heard that a lot. But, but, you know, sometimes you just need to be reminded again. And I think that's important that we're always listening and learning because you get reminded of the things you already know, but sometimes we forget because yeah. we're striving too much, but that's how you become happy with, be grateful for what you have while you're in pursuit of something else.
0: I love it. Well, today today's time has been phenomenal. I have Jefferson on recording saying we're going to do this again. So we will definitely do it again. But the thing that probably stuck out to me most as we talked today was, Jefferson, when you make up your mind, you do it, right? At nine, you ask your dad, hey, how do I become a pilot? He said straight A's. You do that. You go to the Naval Academy. You decide, hey, I want to be successful in this type of a career. So therefore, sales and marketing, I do what's necessary to get there. And you've seen the fruits of the work. So Jefferson, thanks so much for being on today, my man.
1: All right. I appreciate you, Phil. Thanks, guys. And uh, let's rock and roll. Let's make it a great day.
0: Wow. What an amazing story and a lot of great nuggets that Jefferson shared. One that really stuck out to me is have faith in yourself until your skill catches up. How often do we start something expecting to be great? And when we're not as good as we think we are, we are going or we should be. We stop. Continue to persevere, have faith in yourself until your skill catches up. Additionally, we're now releasing a pa- podcast on Tuesday and again on Friday. So stay tuned for this week's episodes.